Alright, so this is the fifth in this talk series on knowing right from wrong, and tonight, um, looking at the question of contraception and the alternative, natural family planning. And in looking at this, we're looking at something really that is probably where the church is most far removed from what most people think sensible people should think. You know, like anybody, I've got non-Catholic friends, and different friends have said to me over the years, oh, well, if you become Pope, you'll change all that and <laughs> make the church get up to date. Um, and they've been surprised when I've said, well, no, I don't just believe this because the Pope says so, but actually I think the church is right, that reason itself indicates the truth of what the church is saying. Um... So what I'm going to talk about is, in a sense, to split this talk into two parts. First thing about contraception, um, and secondly about natural family planning um, as the alternative. So, so there, two points. Firstly, why contraception is wrong, and secondly, um, the alternative natural family planning. And you know, I always try to have some photos in a um, in this talk, um, but that will be the most explicit this Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so where to begin? Um, well, I'm not old enough to remember 1968. Yes. Right. But the Summer of Love, 1968, um, we had the whole sexual revolution in our Western world. Um, a complete reversal of, in a sense, what was seen as normal, what was aspired to. Um, and it was right in the midst of that that Pope, John Paul, the, uh, Pope Paul VI came out with his encyclical Humanae Vitae saying no to contraception. Um, but what we've, from within the church, kind of looking out, we've been able to look at all of the Western world uh, and some beyond engaging in what's often called the contraceptive experiment. So what would the world look like if people used, at a society-wide level, contraception? Well, 50 years ago, we wouldn't have known. But now we can look and see what the effects are. So, what did contraception promise us? So there we have an image of a aging hippie, um, 1968, that would be many people dressed like that. Um, even when I was young, tie-dye shirts were um, just about some fashion. Um, and I'm only 45, but I'm old enough to remember when I was young, being told in school, at a state school, not a Catholic school, that contraception would be good for society, it would give various things to make the world better. So promises were made by the people promoting this whole agenda. And obviously we can acknowledge that in lots of things these were well-intentioned promises. People thought they were going to make a better world. But what did they promise? I've noted four kind of points here. Improved husband-wife relationships. Um, that if you didn't have the stress 
of yet another child and another child, then it would be happier between a husband and wife. I can remember being taught very explicitly at church there would be less divorce and less family stress. Another thing that was said would be that women would at last be freed from male domination because they wouldn't be slaves of their own body. Um, and also that there would be less abortion and less teenage pregnancy. So all of these things we were promised. Now if we think about the society we've got and look back at what we were being told we would be given, this is almost laughable. But at the time, 1968, Paul VI said, well, you may be promising these things, but he warned in his encyclical on Humana Vitae that something else would happen. He said, he said, contraception, he said, would introduce a barrier in the relationship between a husband and wife. It wouldn't improve their relationship, it would introduce a barrier, and in many ways the kind of, the condom separating physically is kind of a, a symbol of that. He said it wouldn't lead to less divorce, but actually more divorce, and there would be more promiscuity and less family stability. He said with that there'd be an increase in women being seen as sexual objects, so far from being freed, they would even more be viewed as sexual objects. And that there would be more abortions. All these things Paul VI warned about. And at the time, he was derided. He was seen as not quite mad, but talking nonsense. Let me point to something else now um, that Paul VI also pointed to. Um, he said, well, if instead of contraception you use natural family planning, what would you have then instead? How would that affect things? Well, he said, instead of there being a barrier in the relationship between a husband and wife, there would be increased communication between a husband and wife, because they'd have to talk to each other about the time of the month, about how the woman was um, at all kinds of levels, that that would automatically increase communication. That with that there would be less divorce, um, that the rewards of natural family planning would be that the woman would be respected um, in her bodily cycle and viewed as, as a whole. So that if a man is having to learn to relate to a woman acknowledging her body and her patterns, he's having to relate to her very differently to if he can just have sex whenever is convenient. He has to discipline himself, and they together have to discipline themselves. They have to grow in self-mastery. It also furthers um, pro-life attitudes. Um, there's something about respecting nature, respecting the body that makes um, 
respecting life more coherent. And the final point there, eco-friendly, um, that it is environmentally friendly to use natural family planning, that whereas um, you know, there's lots of science now showing damage being done to fish and to rivers by the amount of um, artificial contraception residue entering the water supply. Um, but whereas the pill treats a woman's body, treats a woman's fertility as an enemy, as a problem, natural family planning works with her, with her body, in a way that doesn't attack her at a chemical level, but also at an ecological level doesn't affect, uh, doesn't have any bad consequences. So about this phrase, the contraceptive experiment. So we've had half a century, more or less, of experimenting with our culture. What would society look like if we, as a society, use contraception. And if, to ask the question, who is right, modernity or the Catholic Church? Well, sadly, Paul VI been proved right in all the things he warned about. So that's kind of the big picture issue about contraception and natural family planning, that we can look, in general, and say, actually, it's not been good for society. But I now want to take a step further and think in more detail why. So, the church says contraception is wrong. The church says contraception will have bad effects for society and for people using it. But why? Well, in short, um, sadly that's a, a yellow wall, but that should be a green slide now, in <laughs> indicating nature and respecting nature. Um, so I said, respecting the meanings written into our nature. So if instead of trying to dominate nature, we respect nature and work with it, then the consequences for us in our nature um, help us, rather than thwart us. Now you may remember last week I talked about the language of the body, uh, drawing on um, Pope John Paul II, and how he spoke about how the body just has built into it certain meanings, that a handshake, a hug, a kiss, um, in every culture, those mean something positive. Whereas a slap across the face in every culture is not a happy thing. Um, and you get some cultural variations, um, but that there is written into our body certain meanings. This slide we had last week as well. Um, the John Paul II uses this image of Judas betraying Jesus with a kiss. So Judas' body said one thing, it spoke of intimacy, spoke of friendship. But the reality, he was betraying him. And part of what made that betrayal so awful was that he 
used a kiss as the means of his betrayal, as the sign to the, the soldiers. So Judas's body said one thing, but he was doing the opposite. What John Paul II is saying in his language of the body is actually we want to look at our body, see what it means, and be faithful to what it means. So the marital act, sexual intercourse, um, the language of the body, what does the act say? What is its inbuilt meaning? The church says it has two meanings built into it that you don't choose, but it's just of the nature of what we are as human beings, what our body is, how a husband and wife relate to each other. And these two meanings are procreation and union. So there is no greater physical union a man and woman can have than in the marriage act. Um, and the ordering of it towards new life is just something built into the structure of the universe. So contraception, like Judas's kiss, um, the body is saying one thing while doing the opposite. That the body is speaking of union, of commitment, of pro an ordering towards procreation, but in contraception that is being directly thwarted. So let's think what the difference is now between contraception and natural family planning. Um, and even many well-intentioned Catholics will actually not be as clear on this as as they could be. The um, first point I want to make is that the intention is actually the same in both cases. To not conceive tonight. So there's some reason um, that the couple don't want to conceive tonight. Um, maybe for a long period of time. Um, so the intention isn't what makes them different. In both cases the intention is the same. The method, though, is different. And what the church says, in general, about the moral life is that actually the method of how we do something matters. That the means to the end matters. It's not just the end that matters. How we go about something matters. Um, okay, so a different point for here. Recapping, so point I made last week. A marriage that planned never to conceive would not be a full marriage. It's actually part of what marriage is, is it's looking towards children. It's what makes the relationship between a husband and wife different from other friendships. It's actually the fact that there is an ordering towards new life. Um, so if you plan from the very beginning to never have a child, from a Catholic perspective, that wouldn't actually be a real marriage. Okay, so the means to the end, how you're getting to the end. So as I, I said before, the intention is the same, the end is the same, to not conceive, or not conceive tonight, but the means to the end is different. 
and contraception set here thwarting a meaning of the act. So the meaning of the act, of the procreative meaning, is directly attacked. Something is done to the act to stop it achieving that. Whereas in, in natural family planning, you are using the act while one of the meanings is not actualized. Um, what do I mean by that? Well, I've said there's no shame in using a partially functioning so a half-blind eye is a comparison the um, ethicist Janet Smith makes. So I always need to have glasses. I take my glasses off now and I can see there are four people there, but I can't see <laughs> much else. Now, it's not a sin for me to be looking out of this eye, even though I'm only able to partly use it. I can't fully see without these glasses on, but I can partly see. Well, at some days in a woman's cycle, she is partly able to realize the fullness of the act, in that there can be the unitive dimension between the husband and wife, but she isn't fertile on those days. And so it's like seeing, but only partly seeing. But she hasn't caused herself to be infertile, she just is infertile on those days. So me seeing partially without my glasses is very different to if I jabbed myself in the eye and tried to destroy my ability to see. I would be attacking something in my nature. And in natural family planning, on certain days of the month, the couple know that they're not going to be fertile. They know that one of the meanings of the act, the procreative, won't be achieved, but they haven't caused that to be the case. So, what do they do? Different days of the month, they either abstain or they engage in an unthwarted, untampered act. It's a bit clumsy in terms of its English. Um, but whereas contraception is directly thwarting, directly attacking one of the meanings of the act, in natural family planning, you're either abstaining, and there's no, nothing inherently wrong with abstaining, um, or you're engaging in an act that is normal, that you haven't changed in some way. And the fact that you know it's not fertile doesn't change the act. So to sum it up this way, contraception does not respect the meanings written into our nature. Instead it attacks one of those meanings, procreation. Whereas natural family planning does respect the meanings written into our nature and therefore chooses to follow the woman's cycle um, according to the different days of the month. Alright, kind of summing this up now, um, I've said an obscure technical difference with big practical consequences. So I know what I described there, using 
the language of moral theology, may seem very obscure and a small point. But actually, what I was talking about at the very beginning, what we've seen at the level of all of society, the effects, um, there are big consequences. And even in a particular marriage, a marriage will be weakened if they're using artificial contraception. So, um, various studies have been done in America comparing couples that use natural family planning and their divorce rate with couples that use um, contraception and their divorce rate. And whether they're Catholic, whether they're evangelical, whether they're atheist, whether they're... Those aren't the things that make the big statistical difference. Um, the Catholics who don't follow the teaching of the church and use contraception have a divorce rate that's the same as the rest of American society. Whereas couples that use natural family planning have a divorce rate of between 2 and 4% in comparison to 50%, which is a huge difference. So that natural family planning is in many ways difficult, it's something a husband and wife have to do together, they have to discipline themselves, they have to master themselves, but actually contraception also has difficulties, difficulties in, um, you know, all these things that Paul VI warned about. So, two halves to this talk. Talk about contraception, more briefly, a few words about the Billings Method, um, which won't be any news to the area. But, um, <laughs> so, um, the Billings Method is one method in particular of natural family planning. So by natural family planning, the church says, following the patterns of the woman's fertility. Um, and that can be known by a number of indicators. And within the Catholic Church and within medical opinion, people do argue about which are the best methods to know. Um, but the Billings method, um, Larry would be one of those arguing, is um, the most reliable. But if you ask the question, does it work? Um, well, obviously it's difficult in a sense to ask the question, does it work? Because what do you mean by working? Are you looking at the whole pattern of the relationship? Um, how the husband and wife are affected? Or are you just asking the question, how likely are you to become pregnant when you didn't intend to become pregnant? But even on that question, um, there is lots of statistical data now, um, as well as anecdotal evidence. Um, so, um, you may or may not know, but that the Chinese government, um, who are no friends to the Catholic Church, it's um, a mild understatement, um, have gone kind of along with the Billings method in a big way. Um, so the Chinese government is wanting to, in fact, they finally more or less begun to drop their one-child policy. Um, but they've been seeking to implement their one-child policy by promoting the Billings Method. Um, 
promoting it as a means by which a couple will plan their pregnancy and plan to not become pregnant by using the Billings method. And so we, what we have because of that is a whole government with lots of people and studies that they've done of their people um, that means we have statistical data. Um, and part of the problem in looking at statistics for the Billings method or other natural methods is that there's no money to do the statistics. So if you've got a pill and you're a company selling the pill, then you want to do statistics to prove that your pill works. But because natural family planning is free, there's nobody paying to test the statistics. So the fact that the Chinese government has been doing so um, is therefore very, in a sense, useful. Um, also because they're not friends of the church, so if they say the Billings method works, um, it's all the more believable. And in a study they published about the year 2000, um, they, uh, in a study of nearly a thousand couples, um, said there was um, a method rate failure of zero percent um, and an overall pregnancy rate of half a percent. So when they talk about the statistics, they differentiate between um, method failure when kind of the method, the medical thing has somehow gone wrong, and user failure when a couple are using a method but they get pregnant anyway because they don't follow the method. So if they're using the pill, um, frequently a woman won't take the pill on the days, and that isn't a fault with the pill, that's the fault with the user not following it. And similarly with the Billings method, um, a user failure is when the couple have sexual relations even though they're not supposed to on a certain day or the woman doesn't bother to look for the symptoms and so forth. So, because of the Chinese government we have statistical data indicating that actually the Billings method can realistically claim to be more effective than um, the contraceptive pill. Um, so that method um, isn't, um, so the statistics back um, the Billings method. Uh, this is, uh, as you can see, an American family, um, <laughs> many things in that picture, the, the Duggar family. Um, just as an image, this is not what the church says is to be aspired to. Um, you can have that many children if you want. Um, but the church says we should be open to life, we should be seeing children as a good thing. But the church also says that there are many occasions when it is right for a couple either to delay having a child or pause having children. Um, that this isn't a model of normality. I don't think Catholics either. No, no. not actually because I, I saw about them all the time. They're not. No, the reality TV stars on there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 18 kids and counting. I think they seem happy though, the children. I mean. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you can see they're unusual in many ways. I mean, they've obviously got a lot of money to have a house that big. Um, oh, gosh. They're, they're not a thing. It's very well organised.
It's amazing. All right, here we have an image of a mobile phone. Um, but this is not a mobile phone like this one. Um, they're both mobile phones, um, but technology has changed. Um, in the same way, the Billings method today is the, the iPhone in comparison to um, the cycle methods that there were in the 1950s. Rhythm method, where it would be assumed that a woman would be of an exact same number of days every cycle and so forth, um, no particular symptoms to be looking for. So that the science, the natural science, has become much more accurate. Um, so when we're saying natural, we're not saying ignorant. Um, charting the different days of the month, looking for symptoms. Um, but this is natural in the sense of what the church means, that you're working with your nature. Yeah. The Billings method does not use temperature. Yeah. You've it on the Billings. Yes, you're right. Okay, so we should have that image there. Okay, okay. Um, so the Billings method, for those of you that don't know, um, was developed by this couple, Evelyn and John, two doctors, uh, Australian, um, now deceased. Um, just a couple of points what it involves. Self-awareness. So a woman needs to know her body, needs to know her cycle, needs to be aware, self-aware, in a way that lots of people in our culture are not, because they're treating the body as a problem treating the body as something to be attacked and suppressed. So in contrast, the Billings Method involves self-awareness, involves one-on-one -on -one teaching, so a woman to use this method needs to be um, helped with a qualified Billings instructor, like Valeria. Um, daily charting of her symptoms, um, and then communication and cooperation. So will only work if the husband and the wife together are engaged in this project. Um, and while on one level that can be a challenge, it's also the thing that, as I mentioned earlier, can cause an increase and foster communication between them on all kinds of levels. And then perhaps stating the obvious, it involves periodic abstinence. So abstinence from sexual relations on the days of the month when they know they're not going, they, they know that they are fertile. And again, that can be seen as a burden and a difficulty, or it can be seen as actually a natural thing to build into any relationship, to have self-mastery, to have self-control, um, that this is a good thing for both the husband and the wife to be practicing. Right, and that's the last slide, so image of and even Billings, who developed the Billings method. So what have I talked about? Talked about contraception, natural family planning. Contraception saying, well, we now know what society would look like if we all went for the contraceptive experiment. And the consequences for society have not been good. They've been the bad things exactly that Pope Paul VI warned us about. Um, but there is an alternative. 
in the Billings Method and other natural methods that respect our nature, respect the woman, um, and respect our relationship, and therefore can foster, aid, and deepen a marriage, not weaken it.